Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. We got some of our old school promos to kick off this week's episode of Collision. So I'm so happy. Decided to do one of my own. I'm so mad, I'm gonna kill ya! Also, hello, my friends, and yes, that was quite intense, probably scared the absolute belly out of you, but that happens sometimes. But welcome to a brand new week in wrestling, although we do get in our DeLorean, and we go back to Saturday when we had AW Collision, which I also think was recorded on Friday. They say wrestling is confusing. <laughs> Let's up those doubts. It turned out, though, after his loss to MJF on Dynamite, Daniel Garcia had decided. I need to climb back up the mountain, so Andrade, I want to face you. Then he lost. Whoops. We did have a bunch of story here, though, because one, the fact Garcia did get defeated says to me maybe he's about to all of a sudden change his ways and give up the sports entertainment to become a wrestler. And also, CJ Perry was out with Mr. Tranquilo. Now, this can't be good for Andrade, because Mira was watching on from the back. He's probably going to kill him. Other than that, though, the absolute highlight was when Andrade decided, I'm going to do a moonsault. Daniel Garcia just went, nope. And he walked out the way. Now, of course, Samoa Joe is the king at the nope spot. But does that mean other people shouldn't do it? Ironically, nope. He then went back to doing those crazy dragon screws as somewhere Tanahashi was smiling when he decided to do that dance. Now, look, straight away, Andrade was all over him like he wanted to rip out of his spleen. Hopefully this is getting in Dan's head. He's probably going to have to leave it behind. Actually, Garcia wasn't even that affected because he had this amazing release German suplex, the gates, when he was going for the ankle. I was like, that's a pretty good idea. If you do break somebody's foot, what are they going to do? Hobble around? I mean, yes, but you can probably beat them. Instead, Andrade remembered what Daniel had done just a few minutes ago, and he started doing these dragon screws. I tell you, that manoeuvre is becoming more and more popular. He also got the double knees in the corner, which led him to the three amigos. But when he went to number three, Garcia reversed and he hit the brain buster. Flubbed me sideways. He dumped him right on his head. Andrade was still able to get the double moonsault, but that was a one-two-oo. When we got into properly wrestling tennis, because they were just smacking each other in the face. When ultimately Daniel's energy bar ran out, he found himself in the figure eight and he had to tap. But I tell you this. It completely ruled. It was a damn good match. Perry celebrated like she won the lottery, so I suppose that is going to continue. And once again, we should use this to light a fire under Daniel Garcia's ass, because especially over the last seven days, he has reminded you, oh, I'm only like 24, 25 years old, and I'm really good at this wrestling stuff. So he has a huge future ahead of him. We then got a big recap about what the devil had been doing last Wednesday. And of course, the conversation now is who the flub is this guy? Well, I went and did some research and some investigating, and I have figured it out. You ready? Boom. There's a weird drum roll. It's Doink the Clown. I mean, go and look at that face. 
I'd recognize it anywhere. This also led to Nick Wayne versus Dalton Castle, a match I didn't know until seven seconds before I realized I was gonna get it. And the boys in Christian Cage with his dinosaur were out at ringside. And do you know what they've started calling themselves? The Patriarchy. So I stared off into the distance and I was like, that's right, we have arrived and there's no going back. Castle was also out with his boys. He had a bunch of shenanigans. Although he just started going suplex crazy to start. I was like, oh man, look at that. That's pretty good. Given his age, it's no surprise that Nick eventually fought back with some Sagat uppercuts, because I bet he's played many iterations of Street Fighter. When he went for the Wayne's World, Dalton didn't approve, so he started suplexing him again. I'm like, why wouldn't you do this? If you have a strategy that works, copy and paste, copy and paste. This is when Luchasaurus remembered that Dalton Castle was probably responsible for his prehistoric friends being killed, so he went after them. But the boys were like, we don't like dinosaurs. So all of a sudden, all these guys were fighting. Though if you were like me, you should have been terrified for 95% of them, because how are you going to beat a dinosaur? You're not. It also meant those goobers got a bunch of choke slams when Christian Cage was just casting all the distraction. This totally screwed up Dalton Castle, especially because his buddies were dead when Nick Wayne was able to hit Wayne's World and he got the 1 2 3. So this kind of ties into the first match. Nicholas is somebody that needs to be getting wins right now. Dalton Castle is a credible opponent. He did beat him, and now this group continues to come of age. The irony, up. Also just realized I should have said too that we did kind of protect Castle because he got pushed into Rita the ring post before the finisher. Then again, when it comes to Rita, it's like, is this a problem or is this not a problem? Because sometimes it is and sometimes it's not. Still, Christian Cage remains one of the best people on television. Also a massive sociopath. When we got the big Hangman Adam Page promo. Thank goodness for that. Because he is totally disappointed with Swerve Strickland because not only does he cheat to win matches, but he also breaks the law. I was like, yes, Mr. Cowboy, that is true. We all saw the home invasion. And where the flub of the police? Please then drop something that had way more weight given that it came out of his mouth. Because when we get to full gear and they do do their round two, there's a doo-doo for the comments, it is going to be a Texas death match. This is why it's so important to remember where we have come from. Because every time Adam has been in one of these, he has created absolute carnage. He also told Swerve to enjoy his last moments because A, he's going to drag him to hell and B, he's then going to get his kid, who of course Strickland tried to abduct or whatever, and they're going to piss on his grave. So, I'm sorry. There's the crime counter. If you want to get arrested today, go out into a public space and say this, you're definitely going in jail. This was so damn good though because Hangman Adam Page came across like a crazy person who did what revenge. And look, I understand the criticism. He should have done this the week after the home invasion. That's true. But better late than never, but better never late. But this has got me so damn pumped for their match. And do you remember how good the last one was? Well, now we're getting it again with all this beef. I mean, it could steal the show. It is absolutely getting it up. When Roosh was back. And this week he was teaming with Drillistico as Preston Vance was on the outside. And I just watch Roosh when he's in the ring now, because I'm like, man, we don't know what happened before this. Who else is he flubbing kidnapped? They were taking on the workhorse men, who recently do feel like they've come back to AEW properly. But I tell you, this was basically a showcase for Roosh. He rang around like a nuts human being. But my word, everything he hits looks so damn good. But he was just wrecking JD Drake's with chops too when he grabbed Anthony Henry and just hurled him out of the ring. And this was so funny too because he teased that he was going to hit a move on one then he'd hit a move on the other one and then he would do a double team to them but it was them taking the double team move. 
Terrence told Driss to go to get in the ring, because again, otherwise he's probably going to kill him. And then they start to do combos. This is when the men who like horses, the men or whatever, decided we need a breather, and they went and calmed down for a bit. I don't blame him. It didn't mean that Dristico was the legal man. Because he was the less insane of the two, all of a sudden Drake and Henry thought they would be able to get the upper hand. And they did do this for a little bit when Bruce got the tag. And once again, he just ruined them. I mean, he just totally took out Anthony, which allowed Dristico to get out of the way of a moonsault. When LFI just hit all the moves, Bruce finished it off with the bullhorns into the corner, and he got the one, two, three. And if he had turned to the camera and gone, follow that man, I'd be like, it's a very, it's a very, very astute point. And that was quite the performance. All of it really did feel like a massacre led by Crazy Crazy Roosh. And before we could go on from this, all of a sudden the House of Black appeared on the big screen. It was a bit weird because Malachi was all like, oh man, I know you want the tag team titles, so now we're going to go after the tag team titles. I was like, what the hell is he talking about? But as we would learn later, we are going to do the big four-way at full gear. And when you remember who's involved with the tag team division at the moment, because you've got these two, you've got Ricky Starks and Big Bill and FTR... I stroked my rubbish beard and I thought to myself, yeah, that should be pretty, pretty damn good. Julia Hart then took over and she was all like, Willow Nightingale, I dislike you intensely. So they too are going to have a match later. And the winner of that will be the number one contender for the TBS Championship. I was a bit like, why the hell is the House of Black making all the matches? Still though, I enjoyed the match, I enjoyed the presentation and they got me super pumped for the pay-per-view. That was quite a good 10 minutes. Up. This all tied in too because we saw Chris Statlander and Willow Nightingale having a chat backstage when Lexi Nair basically revealed a bunch of matches that is going to determine, I think, a three-way for the pay-per-view. And I fell on the floor. But it is going to be Sky Blue versus Red Velvet and it is going to be Willow versus Julia. I was just a little bit like, wait a minute, I like Red Velvet. I'm really pleased she's back. She's very, very good. But what the hell has she done? to be in line to get a potential title shot. However, when it does come to all the other three, the trail of breadcrumbs is there. And to be honest with you, I'm just happy that AEW does keep featuring them because it is brand new talent and it just feels different. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. 
And AEW proved once again that if you do want to mix serious wrestling with goofy wrestling for life, well, you totally can. Well, here came Roderick Strong in his wheelchair. When he realized, oh my gosh, I must take on Darius Martin, he summoned the power of a thousand suns and he rose out of his chair of wheels and all of a sudden his neck was healed just for the duration of this match. This was just solid stuff as well because Roderick is such a good worker and Darius can just fly around the ring and he hit the ultimate comeback move of 2023, the crossbody. Although when he does it, it's like watching a beautiful gazelle. This meant Strong went after his knee because once again, if you can't walk around the place, how the hell are you going to do high flying moves? But when Roderick went right into Tina the Turnbuckle, sternum first, as if he was Bret Hart, Darius Martin just smacked him with this kick. I mean, he booted him right in the head. And I was like, what are you doing, man? He's got a bad neck. He really doesn't need to be on TV more because he is a great worker. Well, actually, this also ties into the first two matches. We are doing something with Roderick Strong, although we're not 100% sure yet. So he needs to get some TV wins. So we gave him one. So basically, he leveled up towards the end of this and he hit the end of Hargate to get the one, two, three. And straight away, the kingdom were in here and they punched Darius Martin right in the testicles. I was like, what did he do to deserve that? Thankfully, Action Andretti ran down because, of course, him and Darius Martin have been boys for a while now. So I guess we can do next week Darius Martin and Action Andretti versus Matt Taven and Mike Bennett. Because don't forget, they need some fire lit under their ass as well. So this is all nice and simple stuff. Although I will say, sometimes Collision like becomes a side chapter rather than the chapter itself. And I think we need to get back to the chapters itself. But still... When it was announcement time, I can't lie, this came out of nowhere, it was bonkers, and it was great. But Tony Khan and Solid Snake Brian Danielson were here, and they were just like, oh yeah, Brian wasn't able to work all in 2023, so when we get into all in 2024, he's going to be there. I mean, that is next August. Now, I did get a little bit worried in my tootsie toes, because of course, that's going to be another huge show at Wembley Stadium, and Danielson has already confirmed that 2024 is his last active year as a full-time wrestler. That may be the last match he has for a while. Gets me scared. We also know as well that Brian Danielson has always wanted to do the G1, but he's not going to be able to because it's difficult to get there in Japan. So instead, Tony Khan was like, well, I'm going to bring the G1 to you. And he announced the Continental Cup. It's also a round-robin tournament with 12 wrestlers in two blocks. It starts in a couple of weeks and it's going to go all the way to full gear. And honestly, I don't understand why more Western promotions don't do this. It made me do the dance of joy. Because if you do put the right competitors in there and you let them have some real, real strong matches, well, this could be absolutely brilliant. And once again, I am damn excited. It is a couple of thumbs. When Julia Hart beat Willow Nightingale still my beating heart. It's also time to cue nerd mode because sometimes you can't help your nerd and when it does come out. Because while this did make total sense because Chris Statlander versus Julia Hart is babyface versus heel, which always works a little bit better, I'm just a bit sick and tired of Willow losing all her matches. Because you can just see the potential there, but it is wrestling, so you do have to get some wins. Just because I am a geek, it's getting a down. Deal with it. Otherwise though, I don't want to take anything away from Julia because she has gotten so good in 2023. I've just told you how good Nightingale is. So you put them together, they flubbing smashed it. Brody King was also at ringside, so Willow yelled at him for a little bit. That was probably a mistake, because she went for the cannonball, and King saved his buddy. Then so he was like, <laughs> I win. No, actually, it didn't help at all, because Willow was able to hit the ultimate comeback move of 2023, the crossbody, and she locked in the gory special. This is when we zoomed in on Sky Blue, who was also hanging around. I do have to say this. If you ask me, did she look happy? I would say, no, 
She did not. It somehow spilled to the floor when Julia took a suplex out there. Like, what are we doing? We got back in the ring. We got that big old spine buster. One, two, ooh. That's when I knew that Nightingale was going to lose. This was also down to the fact that Hart had worked over Willow's arm because that was going to help her submission finish if she decided to go from it. But here, Willow went for the babe with the power bomb or the bomb of power, but she wasn't able to do it because she had a gammy limb. Julie then responded by whamming Nightingale in the back of the head when she did go for Heartless. But this Willow ain't no fool, and she kind of wiggled out of it. She also threw her into the sim with the steel steps and hit this amazing full Nelson slam for another one, two, ooh. It didn't work. All of a sudden, she decided, oh, I can hit the power bomb now, but she was totally wrong. So once again, Hart smashed her in the back of her head. She hit that moonsault, which always looks so damn good, and she gets the one, two, three. So now, yeah, she is going to the pay-per-view. I've also got a feeling that we're going to throw Sky Blue in there as well, and that Sky will finally turn heel, and I'll be well into that. And also, we've planted these seeds, which I always appreciate. Up. We then did get a quick promo with Ricky Starks and Big Bill, and they were like, well, nobody ever told us about the tag team match, but it doesn't matter because we will win that and we'll go on to hold these belts longer than anybody in AEW history. I don't think that is true, but I appreciate the confidence. When Powerhouse Hobbs ruined Titus Alexander. Of course he did. Now, this was more for the street fight that we are going to do on Dynamite because Paul White was on commentary here putting it over. And yeah, after Powerhouse had hit all the moves, he finished him off with the world's strongest slam. Now, I'm not sure he has used that one predominantly, but now that I have seen it, I think this should be the one. Don Callis and Carl Fletcher were here afterwards. They were pointing at Paul White, saying, well, you may be a good friend of Chris Jericho, but I'd back out if I were you. And all we need to do on Dynamite is make sure that William does grab the former Big Show and throws him around like a child. That would be genuinely impressive. Kellis also talked about the fact that his family is now the best family in wrestling history. And he talked about the Briscoes and the Von Erics and a bunch of other people. Where once again, he talked to Paul. And he was like, listen, man, you're going to be in a lot of bother in a couple of days. Why don't you just walk away? So essentially, this did end with a big stare off because you had one big man look at another big man thinking, man, we're big men who could slap man meat. But I am just in to the powerhouse push, which is what I'm going to dub this build for Mr. Hobbs. If we do do it right... He should absolutely be a champion in 2024. Up. When we got to our main event, and how fun was this? Sting, Darby Allen, and Adam Copeland taking on The Righteous and Lance Archer. Like, if I had pitched that 10 years ago, you would have punched me in the face. It also tied into the theme of this episode of Collision, because once again, Darby Allen, Sting, and Edge, the former Edge, needed to get a bunch of wins, so that when they go into their big pay-per-view match against Christian's team, well, you go, oh my gosh, they have chemistry, maybe they're going to do it. I mean, just seeing Adam Copeland and Sting on the same team was ridiculous, especially because who was on the outside? Jake Roberts. And I was like, man, given that Darby Allen is in this, we just have different generational talent, and we're sticking them all together. Apparently giving them a massage. There was Jeopardy too when it came to Darby because his shoulder is totally wrecked. So surprise, surprise. What did the bad guys do? They looked at it. They saw it was all taped up. And they were like, listen, friends, I think we should go after that. Smash. Darby is no fool, though, so he did tag out to Sting. I just love the myth here because he looked at all three of them. And despite being 64 years of old, he whipped their ass. And he could be 74 and I wouldn't mind this. I just love Sting. Vincent was then biting the Stinger, and I was like, well, that's a little bit too much when Darby Allen got back in there. And even though he went for the code red, essentially, Lance Archer decided, I don't want that to happen, and he smushed him into the floor. He also threw him so high at one point, I'm amazed he did come back down to earth. I don't know how Allen keeps doing this stuff. And really, we did all this to build to the big tag, to Adam Copeland. Everybody went nuts. It still feels like a big deal to me. And he did a dive. 
That man don't need to be doing dives. Tag Claxon then went off because Lance Archer stopped a spear, so Darby Allen went to do a coffin drop on him, when all of a sudden Vincent was back, and my gosh, the black hole slam, he hit onto Adam. Thought he was done. Sting then re-emerged to help Adam, which must have been really cool for him, where they did a combo of the Scorpion Death Drop as Copeland dropped an elbow, when Sting gave the Stinger Splash in the corner, and Adam Copeland hit a spear, one, two, three. I was like, man, that dude must be having the best time. Christian Wayne and Luchasaurus then walked out so they could look at these three, so these three could look back, which means it is super serious. And I tell you the genius thing with this, I don't know who's going to win. And there's some crazy speculation out there going, oh my gosh, maybe Adam Copeland does turn heel. I think it's too soon. But could it happen? Well, obviously, anything could. A goat could get involved. You just never know. And yeah, sure, maybe this main event lacked a little bit of pizzazz, but don't forget, Sting is not going to be here in a few months, so let's enjoy him as much as we possibly can. All-time hero. Give it an up. Which did indeed bring us to the end of Collision, and yeah, it was a fine show. It kind of felt like more of a lead-in to Wednesday's Dynamite, but I still believe... And I still will see what's going to happen, so I shall give it a lap. Now, please do leave a comment below and let me know what you thought about last night's or the other night's collision. Like the video, share the video, and subscribe. Click the video on the screen for ups and downs for a smack it down and support all the professional wrestling. Go to whatculture.com, follow us on social media, and have a damn good Monday. It's the start of the week, and who knows what it holds. I wish you nothing but the best. Goodbye. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.